and they are representing everything from celebrities to small businesses. So please visit Art and Kinsley by going to artandkinsleyllc.com. And if you miss that, don't worry, it will be tagged later. Thank you so much. So today I am with one of the most amazing men I know, right? He is so exciting to have. Okay. I look at him and say, he's like the black Tony Robbins. He's the black Robert Kiyosaki. Okay, come on guys, come, 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 come. And he is so, he's just the incomparable man who has done so much for people within his community, as well as those who are looking to become speakers. Are any speakers out there? Raise your hand. Are you a speaker? Put a one in the comment section because we want to hear from you. And I know that you want to hear more from Sean. Sean Blair has written books. I actually, when I became friends with him on Facebook, he doesn't know it, but I snuck over to Amazon and purchased his book. I have not got my book yet, but when I get it, I'm going to fill you guys in as I do a book review um, on Exposure Magazine. So if you guys ever get a chance to check it out, I'll make sure I publish that and share that information with you as well. But he is an author, speaker, amazing man. Welcome, Sean Blair. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Tam, for that wonderful introduction. I'm happy to be here with you. Awesomeness. So th this is a lot of what's going on right now, where you're picking up speakers. And what is that? I don't even want to go there, because I really want us to know more about you. Sean Flair. Who is Sean Flair? Tell me more about you. What was it like? What, what was that pivotal moment where you decided, this is my purpose? What turned you on to this? Well, it, it really started back in 1996, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And you just pay attention to your path. Your path will really guide you as to what it is that you need to do. Now, I don't want to just spend a lot of time there, but let me just go through this really quick. In 1996, mm -hmm. I started off in customer service. There was a company called Cellular One. I don't know if you remember. It was one of the first wireless companies out there. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago, Tim. Yeah. Now, at the time, Bill Clinton was the president, and he passed the Telecom Act of 1996. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of uh, competitive local exchange carriers that kind of popped up. All these new businesses in telecom popped up, and I was able to get into one. And the name of that company was USN Communications. Mm -hmm. And in that company, I was an account manager. And then I rose up to... Uh, becoming a manager to sales manager to enhance manager to state director and then i became the vp of sales and marketing for a division of sbc and all through that that process i was always training people so even though i was in sales i was always training people and i just had a passion for doing that that was the first half of my career so the next 10 years um, i jumped into the training realm and so I became a, the vice president of training for a, a, a really, really large T-Mobile dealer called TMS. It had 435 locations across the country, about 2,500 employees. I was also the VP of training for AT&T, uh, one of the largest dealers at that particular time. And then my last stop, I was the director of training for the largest textile restoration company in the world. And so I had been training people and I was always on large stages in those organizations and started to pick up quite a bit of following. Mm -hmm. And here's what happened. My very first presentation at CRDN was in front of about 200 franchise owners. 
there was a there was one lady who owned the franchise out of Ohio. She came up to me and she goes, "Hey, Shauna, I'm just wondering, are you a Christian?" Mm. I says, "Yeah." She goes, she goes, "I can tell." She says, "You got four years here." Now that's a that's an odd statement to make to somebody after you just started with the company. She goes, "You got four years here." She says, "You'll be off to bigger and better things at that point." Mm. And four years to that date. I was out of that company and I was full fledged into my own organization. And I started training people and coaching people full time from that point. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of us and um, as consumers of coaches and speakers and things of that nature, because we book um, speakers quite often. I think that the one thing that um, we talked about prior to this concerns most of us is how do you know when somebody is a credible speaker and why is it that that particular industry is growing so significant? I mean, like it's truly saturated with so many people that are calling themselves coaches today. I pay close attention to how one delivers the information. Content is always important. So what information are they given to me and how does it impact me? That's number one. But number two, I listen to how one delivers the information. Like if they're a person that delivers it with a certain amount of passion, it tells me that they lived and they breathed the actual experience. It's one thing to read and study and deliver information. It's another thing to have gone through what you deliver. And I tend to lean towards speakers who have the actual hands-on experience. Those people can tell you the ins and outs of a particular topic. That's what I look for when I'm, I'm vetting speakers to come on the Leadership Experience Tour. Do you actually have the experience or are you just studied up on the topic? If I can find a person who's done both, that would be the ideal situation. I would say that that person is a person of authority on a particular topic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it comes from... I watch coaches who are business coaches who are actually coming out of executive positions um, because maybe their job downsized, right? And because they know managerial skills or they've been in executive positions at a corporation, uh, now become experts in business. And I'm like, no, honey, um, I've been doing this for 25 years. And at the end of the day, it is not cookie cutter. Uh, you can't give me seven steps to success because everyone innately is different. You know, we all have different needs and desires and passions and purpose. And so that always concerns me. Are we putting out content to consumers that later will cause more problems than solving them? Does that make sense? No, it, it does make sense. And you're right. Listen, everybody is different. Every entrepreneur is <laughs> different. And, and this is why I tell folks all the time is that, Many of us, uh, some of us have grew up in a single parent home and some of us grew up in a two parent home. Mm -hmm. Some of us went to church growing up and some of us didn't. Some of us uh, were spiritual and some of us are not. Some people went to private school. Some folks went to public school. Mm -hmm. Some people got their high school degree. Some people don't. Some people have their college education and some people don't. Some of us grew up in this generation and others grew up under another generation. Some of us grew up under these laws and others under a different set of laws. We've all been shaped and formed differently. And depending on what industry that we're going into, we're going to go about doing things differently, right? Do we have the ability to connect? Some people do, some people don't. So 
I might need to bring on somebody with me who has the ability to connect. Everybody is a little different and you have to understand who the person is, how they generally function, and then build a concept around who they are. That's very, that's very important. Mm -hmm. What is one of the things that you would encourage people who are trying to become speakers to start out with? What is that one pivotal point that they need to insert into their business? Um, and you actually have several. So we're going to talk about all of those things because we, we have where you want to develop a platform, right? right. The second one is credibility. Um, the next one is footage. Like, some, oh, my God, this piece right here, oh, it drives me crazy because we can go about footage all day. Um, authority, right? Um, talent. But let me get back to something. One in any of these capacities of um, being in media or in a mass communication platform, um, we find that in the African American community, no offense to Europeans or Anglo Saxons right now, but I just want to talk about African Americans, there is not a real true conglomerate that, like IMBD, right? Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm talking about? I am familiar with it. I actually, I have, I'm, I'm on it. I have to build mine out a little bit, but yes. Yeah. And, and the reason why I talk about that is because when I first got into, you know, public relations and booking people before that, I actually was a stand-up comedian. So I was on BET Comic View. I toured with Jamie Foxx, open for some more. That was my life. Literally, I started out in college doing comedy, late night, getting chicken dinners for payment. And I was like, wait a minute, they got to pay me. So th this lifestyle was sleeping. It was a chitlin circuit. You had to run the circuit. And the way that we kept up with one another is IMBD you know, or to see if you had television credits. So people are asking for these astronomical numbers in terms of payment. They want 5,000, 10,000, but you don't have no television credits. So when you were getting booked for an entertainment job, you really had to show them, you know, hey, this is what I did. I was on Laugh-A-Palooza with Jamie Foxx. I did this, I did that. How do you keep up? And where is that consortium where you could literally see what, you know, talent or what speaker in the black community has actually earned the right to get $10,000? Well, first of all, you have to understand their resume. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're going to pay someone $10,000, I want to know what stages they've been on. Mm -hmm. I want to know what companies that they've worked with. And it goes back to the footage is is how powerful, how impactful that they are. I'll give you, I'll give you a quick story. When I first started out, um, I was referred, highly referred to a Fortune 5 100 company. I won't mention the company's name. And I didn't have a ton of footage out there, although I had been on many stages, but I wasn't, I wasn't videoing my work, which is one of the things I tell every speaker they need to do. That every time you go on the stage, no matter how small or how big it is, you need your video work. And so they had agreed that they're going to give me a two-day contract, then they're going to pay me $22,000 for each day. Now, I'm waiting for them to sign the contract. They've given me the verbal. Three months out, I'm waiting on the contracts. Two months out, I'm waiting on the contracts. One month out, I'm still waiting on the contracts. Two weeks before the event, this is what the man said, the vice president. Can you take those two days, that one contract, and break it up into two separate contracts. Mm -hmm. We did that. We sent it over to them. And then they only signed one, which was very odd. 
didn't understand what was going on. So the day of the event, my vice president of sales was sitting in the back next to the VP. He was all the way in the back, just kind of watching, standing up. As I get on the stage, I speak for about four to five minutes. She figured it out. She goes, you ready to sign the other contract now? You want to know what he wanted to see? Your resume. He wanted to see how well I engaged the audience. Mm. And he wanted to know, was I going to make an impact? And in the first five minutes, he saw that. He signed the second contract right there. That's what he wanted to see. And that's the footage is such an important factor in establishing part of your credibility. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is a major, that's a major component. Mm-hmm. And so um, in producing this footage, is it best for them to take on speaking up talking points from, from their book, from how, how you present yourself? Um, some people sound like they're selling. Is it where I need to know more about Sean Flair before I can even sit down at the same table and make the decision if I want him on my show? So should people be telling more about themselves? Is that something that they should do? I don't think it's, it's more about themselves more than it is about their, their knowledge and how they deliver the presentation. Mm. When you get in front of someone, if you're engaging and you're able to educate and you feel like you're getting value from that person, that, that's, that's the very thing that establishes the connection is mm-hmm. that component. Now, there's a difference between a good speaker who's booked and they're getting a bunch of free events versus a really good speaker who's booked and they're getting paid to speak. There's a difference between those two speakers. The paid speaker is a professional, which means that when they write their content, very much like a comedian, there's certain emotions that you're trying to drive all the way through the entire presentation. In other words, if I'm on stage for an hour and 15 minutes, I have an aha moment every two minutes in my presentation I know exactly when the audience is going to laugh. I know exactly what I'm going to make them think. I know exactly when they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. And sometimes I do that intentionally because it's an engagement mechanism. So Mm -hmm. all the way through, I know I can hold their attention. Some people say that everyone has a short attention span. Call it it one hour, call it 90 minutes. If you're talking about millennials, maybe it's less than that. Mm -hmm. But I can hold an audience attention for four to six hours. Mm -hmm. I can do that. And And it's because my presentations are built to grab your attention constantly so when we talk about this is what i look for when when i'm when i'm um when i want to bring a speaker on stage with me i'm looking for that pitch tone and rate of speed sometimes i'm on the stage i talk really fast like this because it's an engagement mechanism and sometimes i slow down this is the very thing that draws the audience in and having that pitch here versus having that pitch down here, it matters. And a speaker that's able to fluctuate throughout their entire presentation based on the content are the most powerful speakers that are out there. Now, if they have great content and they master that aspect of it, most companies that hear them, they're going to want to pick them up, especially if the content is targeted towards what their needs are. And that's the other thing. You have to address the needs of the organization. If your presentation doesn't do that, then you're probably not going to get picked up anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the truest or authentic um, speaker comes from the heart, right? 
Absolutely. Like said before, it's all about experience. Um, hmm, interesting. You know, um, one, of the, one more before I go into the steps that you explained earlier to me is building that credibility, right? Even if it's just, um, you know, trial and tribulations that you've endured, should you be sharing those trials and tribulations? And do we also have to talk from a platform or do we come down to the audience so that we can make that connection? I think being on the platform is very important because when you're on the platform, it, it, it puts you in a position of authority mm-hmm. and you want people to see you as the authority. What I train speakers on is this, is that they should be powerful and, and authoritative on stage, but when they walk off of it, they should be humble. Mm. That's when you connect with the audience. When you can get on the stage and be powerful and authoritative and then walk off the stage, and shake people's hands and give them a hug and then have a genuine conversation with them. That is, those are two powerful components to a great speaker. Mm-hmm. That speaker connects extremely well when they can show both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From a PR perspective, I think that the one thing that I would say speakers, especially on social media, because we're going to go into social media real quick here, um, is that you have to build the character, but the character needs to be consistent, right? Right. And so when you're on stage, you're in character. The moment I touch the stage, the mic is it's over. And you stay in that position. And then when, like you said, you come down and be humble, but people will go um, and do the opposite. How do, you, how do you channel those things? How do you channel your character? Well, it takes practice. It takes practice. Listen, you have to practice being a good human being every single day. Every time that you have a conversation with someone, you should be practicing being a good human being. It, it shouldn't take a whole lot to be a good person. Yeah. A person who is the opposite of a good person, there's probably some psychological issues that's going on there. And I hate to say this, Tam, but, but that's a fact, is that it doesn't take a lot mm-hmm. to be a good human being to people. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if that is not something that you have, but that's not part of your character, this is probably not gonna be a long-standing business for you. People like to listen to people that they like, that they connect with. And if you have the inability to do that, it's not likely you're gonna be in this business for a long time. Mm. I, I wonder how that's gonna play out after Corona, when this coronavirus or pandemic passes because so many people are going through mental health issues. Um, and living in confinement. And I believe that was B.F. Skinner, my undergrad is in psychology. So I kind of go back to him. And when he talked about putting his daughter in a box and that's kind of uh, where we're at right now, it disrupts the social skills. It disrupts our cognitive thinking skills as well. So I wonder if that's gonna be a problem for most people coming back to society um, when this thing passes over. And so quite interesting that we talk about that. Let me go on to talking about platform. I want you to define that for us because that's the number one thing that your company, Sean Flair, what you do for people is to help them to develop a platform. What do you mean by platform? My definition of platform is is simply this, is that there's something that you have that people want to be connected to and they're willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's a platform for me. So the Leadership Experience Tour where I audition people, I give them something for free. 
that brings value into their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I give them the whole program, they want to pay for it because they understand it brings even more value to their lives. Mm. And a speaker that has a platform is more likely to be successful in the industry versus one who does not. Anytime that you can draw your own audience, that's always a big plus. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Um, the next one, I have a question about credibility. How do you develop that and how do you help people um, harness that credibility? Unfortunately, credibility doesn't always come from you. Mm. Credibility mm. comes from other folks. Mm. When other people say that this is the person that you need to listen to, that's credibility. When the New York Times says that this person is the person that you should listen to, that's credibility. When the New York Weekly says this is the person that you need to listen to, that's credibility. So getting to, into some of these publications is, is really important. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's ways of getting into those publications and everyone that comes into my program, they get into these publications. Mm -hmm. I won't talk to you how we get them in, but we get them in. <laughs> that credibility is very important. <laughs> So that was definitely going to be my next one. As a magazine publisher, I'm always interested, and definitely as a publicist, how do people do that? You know, how do you get people into platforms as far as for magazine? Um, and you said you're not going to share that information. Well, give us a secret tip. Give me. I some won't. Tips. I won't share what we do in inside of our organization. But I will say this: mm -hmm. is that when I started, I had a PR person. Mm -hmm. And my PR person would charge me $2,500 a month mm -hmm. and her job was to take my gifts and my talent and get it to those that's in your world to say, hey, you need to get this out. There's a benefit for you. There's a benefit for, for him. Mm -hmm. And so my PR person would get me onto different news channels. She would get me into different magazines. She would get me into different publications. Mm -hmm. But after a while, I started to build my own relationships. And, and that's and that's critical. And, and through relationships, I have the ability to help folks get into some of these publications that gives them the credibility that they need so that people will take them seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, the next one, you talked about footage. What is it that you do uh, to help them to prepare for that? Is it talking points? Is it a process that you take them through in developing that footage? Or is it just your next event you need to film it? Tell me about that. Well, this is what we do for the people that come through the Leadership Experience Tour. Mm -hmm. Well, let me say this first. Most people are very comfortable with delivering their presentation. That 45-minute presentation that they deliver, that one-hour presentation that they deliver, mm -hmm. But when you ask them to take a presentation and knock it down to eight to 10 minutes, mm -hmm. they struggle with that. Yeah. We help them, we help them to develop that eight to 10 minute presentation that is impactful and powerful from, from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. The only way that you can really get good at doing this is to practice. And so we push practice. We have Zoom rehearsals for the people that are coming in from out of town, which we have speakers coming from all over the country, all over the world right now. We also have in-person rehearsals for those who are in the local area. And at every single rehearsal that we have, they have about four that they attend before the big event. 
-hmm. You have two cameras that are on them at all times when they're on the stage and they get the rehearsal footage within 72 hours of the actual rehearsal. We also have professional photographers that are on staff that will take 15 to 25 professional photos of them on the stage. We also change their backgrounds, their backdrops, you know, in these rehearsals. That way they have different looks, right, that they can use for promo materials as well. So they get this, they get about seven pieces of video footage between the time they start with me to the time that they, the program ends. Now, the day of the event, there are three cameras. There's a wide angle, a short angle, and the live stream um, video footage that they get. They get that within 72 hours, and they also get their, their photos done as well. Mm-hmm. In comedy, I used to play this game, who's in the room, right? So somebody would book me to do a show, and I would say, who's in the room? And depending on how much they're paying me, I would do the room. So... Um, and what I mean by who's in the room, at Laugh-A-Palooza, you had HBO, Comedy Central, you had all of the top channels or, you know, let's say bookers and promoters. And so it's a no-brainer to go do the show for free. I'm like, oh, yeah, because this show could take me to the next level. And I wonder sometimes in the speaking industry, do they have those rooms? Have they developed a room to where... I, I don't mind coming to speak for free. And I know that my career is going to blossom from here because so-and-so TED Talk is in the audience, Forbes is in the audience, CNN is in the audience. And we did this with Avera Martin. Avera Martin is the, um, uh, she was the attorney over the Ferguson case. And that's how we got her to television, was playing who's in the room. And I wondered often if that's something that you all do as speakers. That's a million dollar idea right there. I know. That is, that is a, that's an you know I don't know anybody's doing that. Sean Flair? Yeah. I am now your business partner, sweetie, if you use that. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's a wonderful idea. I mean, to a degree, to a degree, we do that um, mm-hmm. at the Leadership Experience Tour because we're putting them in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Now, they help to develop that audience, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, all the speakers are in front of people that they've never seen before. So they get an opportunity to demonstrate their talents and their gifts. Mm-hmm. And some of those, and, and some of them will end up with some form of contract because they just don't know who's in the audience. Mm-hmm. But let me just put it a different way. I think that every speaker that is serious about this and building their platform, they should have a free event on their own. That's how I first started to build my platform. I did uh, six years ago. I did my first free event and I use Larry Miller from Connected Geek. He's, he's my video person. He's been working with me for a long time. He came out and set up all the cameras and the lights and, and he just made the atmosphere and the room just look amazing. We had about 150 people that registered for that event. And you know, if, if you know anything about free events, you're going to have about 50% attrition. We should have, we should have opened up to about 200. We had about 75 people showed up to that event. I did a four hour presentation that day and I got three contracts out of that event, off of that free event. That's how I got started. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, my, here's, here's the biggest thing. And then when you have someone that calls you in, when I get on the stage, I offer to my audience something I know they can't refuse. Mm-hmm. So if I'm on a big stage, I'm, this is what I will tell them. I says, guys, the folks that brought me in, they wanted me to give you a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I said, you can give me 
You can get me for $1,000 anywhere in the country for a full day for $1,000. Here's the catch. My VP of sales is in the back. His name is Marcus Wright. You hand him your credit card today. We'll get about 38 people that will go back and do that, and they have no, they have no idea why they're going to bring me in. They don't know what topic they want me to talk about, and, mm -hmm. and that's great. We don't care about the $1,000. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is to get in front of their company, in front of their teams, and then give the presentation, gives me an opportunity to identify what their needs are, and that leads me into a long-term contract with that organization. Mm -hmm. Now, it all depends on what your niche is, too. As to how you how you do this but doing free events is the way to get paid events on your own mm -hmm. on your own you shouldn't have to wait or try to seek out a company to give you an opportunity mm -hmm. when you can provide the opportunity for yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amazing and that's kind of interesting again i hate guys that keep going back to comedy but comedy was my stage it is my ministry and i love to laugh but um one of the things that bernie mac would do here in chicago for us that were young coming up comedians he would always mentor so if we've seen as if you've seen him backstage he always said something that would he would impart something from sherry shepherd to uh bernie mac and he would say to us every stage is like college you need to find a stage every night, wherever you can go and just do your thing, you know, and do a guest spot. And so as you continue to keep doing these guest spots, you know, the guest spots is about five minutes and you come on before everybody else and you try out your hottest material, you know? And so I, I think about speakers and I'm thinking like, where do they go for guest spots? What are they, you know, cause you gotta have that. So in so many people who are really talented, um, whether it was Kevin Hart, I remember we did some with Cat Wiggins. These people came out of guest spots. These are people who were working the crowd, didn't care about how they were going to get paid. Here is this thing now where everybody wants to go viral. They want to make money overnight. Everybody wants to be successful overnight. They want to be a big brand influencer. But you have to own it and you have to earn it. You know, so when we look at talent, I'm like, do you, you know, even as a publicist, I, I don't want to represent people who are playing this game as novelists. I think that that is so, that's, that does a disservice to everybody who is truly serious about it, right? Because right. you're out there and you're, you're breaking your neck, you're sleeping on couches and, you know, in your car, you're riding, you're riding the chitlin circuit. That's what we call it. And so if you're doing all of those things and somebody else who just has a couple of more dollars than you to make, you know, a photo shoot and a video is now going to exceed you, but has no talent. It's kind of like Kim Kardashian. Okay. Let's right. just. You know, and it's it's so many Kim Kardashians in the industry right now. You have a longer weave than me. You have bigger eyelashes, whatever the case may be. But I bet you if I can get on this stage, I can rock this mic and I'm going to carry it out. And the audience is going to be impacted by what I just said, because it's real. It's the truth, you know, and it's just really um, the irony of that. It drops me down to authority um, and being an authoritative figure in the public sector and not and just harnessing and owning your craft like owning it and really understanding the industry and how it works you know i speak to so many people that don't even understand how publishing rights work like how what you how, how you working you know because even as a speaker if you're putting out books it seems like you would know you know um you want the rights to your content you want to own that right you want a legacy 
So it, it, there's three facets of business for me. It's traditional, viral, and then there is those individuals who want to trend. Trending and viral means that you come to an end at some point, right? Right. Traditional means that I will be around in the household name for the next 30, 40 years and your children, children will know me. So when we talk about legacy building, that's still in that authority thing. It's how do you want, do you want, you know, 6,000 or 600 likes on Facebook? Because they never pay one of my bills. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have 600 people than have 600,000 likes on Facebook, but 600 people who are very loyal to me, that follow my brand, that talk to their children about me, that my granddaughter will wake up one day and be like, hey, my grandma was this amazing you know, woman who really trumpeted. Cicely Tyson is an example of that, to leave the earth empty, right? So I, I just wonder if people understand how to use these podiums, not just for your own self-identification, but for the children are to come. You talk on that and just kind of express how it is to create that traditional platform. Because we will talk about Tony Robbins for many years to come, just right. like we do Napoleon Hill. I mean, people are still going back on um, some of the other affluent writers. Even we talk about Aristotle, Socrates, to me, speakers are philosophers. You drop some knowledge and some information. We should be neos of you and to study you. Even in college, when I was in, at Marquette University, I used to always say, where is the black authors? Now I know that this is all white school and I get it, but I need to hear from some people so that I can understand where I fit into society. You know, I, I chose the school because my parents decided that this was the best place for you to go. And I was like, okay. Um, so, but then when I got in there, I lost my identity. And I think that that's something that in, when you become a speaker, what is your society, what is your moral obligation to society? What is your moral obligation to those that are going to come after you? You should become one of the greatest. You should write books. You should be institutionalized. All of these things need to be done so that those children that are coming up behind us to be able to assume Sean Flair's information. Like, I, I want to know about him. I want to know that I can become you. I think the biggest thing is, is, is demonstrating the right attributes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's number one. And I believe in, in leading by example. I believe in trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. I believe in praising those who are with me, who are going above and beyond. I believe in mutual respect. And I also believe that it's important that you have experience in what it is that you're doing. Those five traits are what I consider to be critical factors and attributes of a leader. And I do all that I can to demonstrate those, those attributes in front of every single speaker that I'm in front of. And I think that's one of the biggest things that they need to see because no matter how, no matter what you present and how you present it, if those things are not there, you'll never have the ability to connect with people. And, and if you're trying to establish a legacy, being able to connect with people is extremely important. I thought you said something very interesting. You know, the likes on Facebook. You know, I, I can care less about the number of likes that I get on Facebook. It's not very important to me at all. And I can tell you for a fact that most of the, the companies that, that reach out to me, most of the people that have me come to their events have never liked one thing I've ever posted. Mm. Not, not one thing. And, and what happens is um, Paul Glantz, who is the owner of Imagine Theater, and Dale Jaslove, who was his director at the time, 
who called me up and said, hey, Sean, we've been following you for the last two years. We want you to come in. We want, we want to talk to you about bringing your leadership training from the corporate classrooms, from the hotel conference room to the big screen of Imagine Theaters. We want to talk to you about that. Not one time they haven't liked anything, but they have been following me for two years. And it's because I'm consistently putting my platform out there day in and day out. Right. And I try to do things in such a way where when you see anything that I post visually, right, it grabs your attention because most people don't read much of anything these days. Mm -hmm. um, but they're visual people. So we, we put a lot of picture content out there. Mm -hmm. But when you have established that connection, right, it grabs your mm -hmm. attention. So one thing that, I, that is very important for a speaker to know and understand is that when you get the opportunity to get on the stage, mm -hmm. be flawless. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. people spend $50 or $100 or $150 to come see you, or they spend $350 to be at a three-day conference to come see you, mm -hmm. they're expecting for you to be perfect on the stage. And anything less than that, including the way that you look, mm -hmm. is very important. You're, you're getting judged. when you, As soon as you walk on the stage, you're getting judged. Mm -hmm. If you don't look the part, they already, their mind is always going into a different direction already, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure if you're in a professional setting, you need to look professional, mm -hmm. right? So everything that we do, we try to do it in a way that makes a positive impact on the people that we're in front of. And that's a big, also a big part of establishing your legacy mm -hmm. is, is that component. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, to, to bring it to a close, um, we talked about the language. You talked about body language and things of that nature. Um, when we explained to me some of the steps and things that are essential uh, to becoming a speaker, what are some of the things in communication? Now, let me just say this because I don't want to be funny with folks, but I see a lot of people that call themselves coaches and speakers and authors on social media and I'll inbox them. Now, they may not know me, but at the end of the day, I think that you should respond. You know, the proper communication is to respond. And if somebody's in serious business, wouldn't you think that they would respond regardless of who, where they're reaching out to you? Oh, this person is DMing me. They couldn't be that. Um, is that important for them to have not, you know, good effective communication off stage as well as on stage? Well, absolutely. When people reach out to me, and I get I get messages on a daily basis in Messenger and email and text messages. Sometimes I'm just confused, mm -hmm. but I do all that I can to respond to every single person that sends me a message. Mm -hmm. Because even if I don't know who you are, mm -hmm. that's the point. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you have to bring to the table, and you may be the door. Mm -hmm. that I need to walk through to get to where I'm trying to go. I don't know that until I have the conversation with you. But, okay. but, but outside of that, it's not just about that person bringing value to me. Mm -hmm. In many cases, when people reach out to me, I'm trying to find out how do I bring value to them so they want to bring value to me. Mm -hmm. and, and that is always the approach that I have. What can I do for this person mm -hmm. where they want to reciprocate on my end? Mm -hmm. and, and speakers that have that mentality find that people just do for them mm. just because of that character, just mm. because of that. So when I first started, I needed camera work. 
I needed video work. Mm -hmm. And Larry Miller of Connected Geek, I didn't pay him a dime. He just did it because he mm -hmm. saw the character, he mm -hmm. saw the talent, and he wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And he supported me all the way throughout. Now I pay Larry Miller. But back in the day, I didn't pay Larry Miller. Mm -hmm. but, but because of his video work and, and his photography work and all those things that happened back in those days, is the very reason why I am where I am today. Right. I didn't know Larry when he when he reached out to me. I had no idea who he was, mm -hmm. but that was a door that I needed to walk through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tell people your ask has to be bigger than your give. You can't ask for nothing you ain't willing to give. So anytime that you're asking people, and that's, that means a world of a difference to people when you're asking them um, when you need something. Because I'll be the first one to say, hey, you know what? I have a whole lot of things that I can give a person. Let me give as much as I can. And then you seem to reciprocate that back. Isn't it just awesome how that works? You have an event that's coming up that is going to be totally life-changing for so many. Tell us more about the event and the date and everything that's going on with it. And how can people register? Uh, please share with us. Well, the event is called the Leadership Experience Tour, and there's two of them. There's one on, on April 12th, and there's two shows on the 12th. It's going to be held at the NBC Suites by Hilton in Troy, Michigan. Mm -hmm. We will host 50 people in the event, and we're going to streaming on Facebook, also on Onstage Plus, which is where my digital TV channel is hosted at this point, Roku. Apple Stick, Apple TV, I forget all the rest of them, but there's there's quite a few platforms that we're on. And if, if you want to be a part of it, if you go to my social media page, you'll see that there are some Eventbrite links and all you have to do is just click on it and then purchase your live stream tickets, which are $20, $25. And if there are tickets left, which there are not many, if you want to be here in person, then those tickets are $50. There will be 20 speakers that are in our first show in the morning, which is going to go from 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. And our second show, which is going to start at 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., there's another 20 speakers. All of these speakers are they're engaging, they're dynamic, they all have a, a pretty decent platform at this point, and they have something that they have to share with you, that they want to share with you. Mm -hmm. Listen, oh, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Okay. The, speakers, the speakers range from fitness speakers to mental health experts to okay. corporate leaders, corporate, um, corporate experts. I mean, there, there's a wide range. People are going to talk about narcissism, and there's just a lot of great topics um, that you can learn from. Awesome. So this is a really great experience. Listen, do you guys have um, lodging on your website? Is there a lodging arrangements? Where should people stay at? Uh, we do not have lodging, lodging arrangements on there yet, but by the 1st of March, there will be. Um, the Embassy Suites Hotel by Hilton in Nova, no, sorry, Troy, Michigan, in Troy, Michigan. That's where the event is going to be held. Mm -hmm. So if you just look it up on the Hilton site, it's there. But if you go to my website on March 1st, um, we will have all the information if you want to stay at the hotel and participate that way. Uh, we will be there on a Thursday all the way through Sunday, and the speakers will be doing their, their rehearsals and all those kinds of things. We plan on having a lot of fun. 
Awesome. That sounds amazing. I definitely want to be a part of it. I should come down. What, what Tam, we, we, got a, a, we got a ticket waiting on you. Oh, okay. Awesome. I'll definitely be in the house. I'd love to be a part of this. It sounds so amazing. Sean, you have a book. It's on Amazon. Please tell us more about your book and what it's about and how can people grab that book? Mm -hmm. It's the antidote to the dysfunction mm -hmm. in corporate America, effective leadership. You can go to Amazon or you can go to my website, which is www.fair, like the state fair consulting group.com. And that book is, is all about leadership and how dysfunctional leadership is in corporate America. Oh. And here's the challenge. You know, a lot of executives are talking about expanding their company and all those different things. But, but here's the problem. If leadership is not expanding, which means that they're not expanding the capacity of the people, it is very difficult to expand the capacity of the organization. The reason that there are so many challenges in corporate America is because leadership is dysfunctional. In that book, we talk about that dysfunction and we also give you some tools, some best practices to kind of navigate through the dysfunction mm -hmm. in corporate America. I mean, that's what it's really all about. If you fix leadership, you fix the company. That's my belief. That is my belief. Awesome. Oh, wow. I mean, a lot of people can use that definitely um, with people having to work from home because that's a, that's a whole nother layer of leadership and have the difficulties of that, right? You can't see the person, oh, this is, it's amazing. So, hey, listen, you guys that own a business, go out, get that book, it's on Amazon. I picked up my copy. If somebody wants to do a little book club to talk about these things, I'm sure we could ask Sean to join us after we read the book to explain more about each chapter, but I'm at the beginning of it. I'm gonna read it on my flight tomorrow headed out to LA. So I'm going to, I'm going to take some time to be just all in Sean's fair business. <laughs> so it has been great having you on the show today. I thank you guys for joining us. Those here, you all on Facebook. Thank you so much for the shares, the likes, the comments, Latreya, April. Um, oh my gosh, let's keep going. Kim, Kim. Oh my God. I love Kim to death. You should actually meet with Kim. Kim is an amazing speaker out of Las Vegas, has a huge audience. Um, and she was online and she was putting out comments. And thank you so much, Kim, for always being there. And those of you who are not here, just listen to this. The replay will only happen to about two, three o'clock today here on Facebook. We're going to go ahead and kill that. And you'll be able to pick this up on Exposure TV Network. Uh, we're on Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, as well as download the iOS mobile app right now. It's on Apple TV. Um, you can get it from your app store on your mobile phone, so you can use your iPhone. Go ahead and take this wonderful thing and just download the app, and we'll be there. And you can hear more about what Sean Fair shared with us today. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate each and every one of you, and I look forward to servicing you again with this kind of content. You guys are great. Bye-bye.